Well, hey, speaking of Tennessee, like I teased there, we got an interview with former Tennessee and NFL receiver Jason Swain, host of the Swain event, which airs weekdays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Head on over to SwainEvent.com, download the app. He's got a brand new app coming out, and follow him at SwainEvent on Twitter. Let's kick it over to Jason Swain. Just really want to get your thoughts on, you know, heading into the year three of Jeremy Pruitt era. Well, I mean, there's certainly a lot of excitement. Uh, I think folks are expecting, you know, that that year three turn that we normally see with a new coach taking over a program. It is a little bit different this year with everything that's going on with COVID. Um, But you you know that he has done a good job recruiting, and um, you know he's going to develop those players. So, you know, we're just looking for that. That, that that year three turn, uh, understanding that it's a 10-game conference schedule, and so uh, the record may not be what it typically is during a normal situation in year three because you have so many other pretty much built-in wins uh, in a schedule. But, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to seeing guys, you know, make that make that jump, you know, several positions. Um, we understand the quarterback position, how important that is, but – just not with veteran guys, but with some young guys that played last year, looking forward to them to make big jumps in the second year and third year. Now, let me ask you this, though. is this um, When's the last time that Tennessee's been on such good standing as a program that it is now with Coach Fulmer and Coach Pruitt building this thing back up? Can you, you know, is there a time you remember Tennessee? You know, I know they're not, you know, national title contenders or anything at this point, but certainly looks like they're going to be in the running for SEC here soon. Probably about nine, between 18, 19, 20 years ago, honestly, um, from all the stories I've heard about, you know, AD, President, Chancellor all being aligned and being on the same page. Um, you know, there was an AD change after 2002, and, um, you know, things just, just you know, it was a little, 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 little weird there. You know, I was a player, so I, I didn't see anything. I was concentrating on playing and doing my job, but, um, you know, just the stories I hear – that's the last time that really everyone's on the same page. And so um, it's good to see that, see everyone align, you know, from Chancellor Plowman to, you know, uh, President Boyd to Coach Fulmer to Coach Pruitt. It seems like that those four are uh, on the same page. And that's that's kind of the first step you got to have. I mean, uh, that doesn't guarantee you that you're going to win, doesn't guarantee you that you're going to be successful. But I think you got to have that. To, to have success and to, uh, to to continue to be successful. Uh, so they have that. Now they just have to recruit, develop, win some games, and um, you know, rinse and repeat and do it all over again. Well, hey, man, you were probably the best person to ask in all the media about Tennessee receivers and how those guys are coached. So I wanted to ask you about T. Martin, the job he's been doing up there uh, based on everything you know and, and just – you know, how good Juwan Jennings was last year. Marquez Callaway is now with the Saints. So what's your thoughts on uh, T. Martin, and who's going to be his lead receiver this year on Rocky Top? Well, I think his lead receiver is going to be Josh Palmer. I mean, Palmer's a guy that's, you know, he's he, he's possessed the tools for a couple of years now. It's just him having the confidence to, to have that Juwan Jennings type of mentality and demand the football. And, and, and you don't necessarily have to demand it verbally, but you demand it in how you carry yourself, how you run routes how you finish routes, how you finish plays when you get the ball in your hands. And, and when you do that, uh, the ball continues to come your way over and over and over about how you play. And that's what happened with Juwan. 
and Josh got a chance to learn that firsthand from Jawan, just how to just how to carry yourself, man, as a football player in the field. Um, and Josh has physically better tools than Jawan. So for Josh, it's just it's just mentally just just unleashing himself, unleashing the dog inside, um, and, and doing that. As far as T. Martin, T. knows what it's supposed to look like. He knows what a Tennessee receiver is supposed to look like. Uh, a Tennessee receiver that is feared among SEC DBs, a Tennessee receiver that has the opportunity to play at the next level. T. threw to those guys um, as a player. He um, saw Peyton, you know, be successful throwing to those guys. He also threw to them in practice. And then when it became his his turn, he did the same thing with guys like Peerless Price that played uh, at a high level in the NFL. So he just knows what it's supposed to look like. He's done a great job coaching, developing outside Tennessee at USC. He turned UNC, USC into one of the teams and programs that was considered as, as wide receiver U. Um, and now he's doing the same thing here at Tennessee. And you know, T, T brings credibility. You know, he brings trust because he understands what it's like to be in the shoes of these players. Um, and that was a big thing for Juwan. I mean, uh, the previous regime, there was just not a lot of trust there. And it frustrated Juwan, uh, as we know by his you know, his, his video rant that got him in trouble. But um, Juwan's passion, you got to have a real coach, a real person, someone that can identify with players and be a good coach. And T is exactly that. Now, I'm glad you talked about USC because that, the next guy I wanted to ask you about, the USC graduate transfer, Valuse Jones Jr., played for T. Martin at USC. Now he's here. Tennessee is last year. What are you expecting? What can Vol fans expect from uh, this this guy who everything I hear, I mean, he's just incredibly fast, probably going to be you know a, a day one kick returner. But what kind of impact are you expecting him to make on the offense? I, mean, I expect him just to – just to just to play fast, not second guess. You know, sometimes when you are a youngster or you step into a new role, sometimes you can, you know, you can kind of second guess uh, when you're playing big time football. But a guy like Jones, you know, he's played at the highest level uh, there at the Pac-12, um, so he understands, you know, big games, big moments, the speed you type, the, the speed you need to play with, uh, the control speed you got to play with, the preparation it takes, the, the concentration. Uh, being locked in during game week, just the approach uh, mentally that it takes to not only prepare for a game, but um, the ebbs and flows during the game to to stay locked in and not get too high when you make good plays and not get too low when other team makes really good plays. Um, that's what he brings, man, that, that experience and confidence. And then uh, speed, something that Tennessee wanted to address for uh, a couple months now. Uh, just addressing team speed, wanting to do that wide receiver position. They did that with freshmen. Um, Jones brings speed and experience um, and a, a dimension in the special teams game that Tennessee hasn't had since Cam Sutton and Eric Berry, a guy that can take it to the distance and really take the pressure off the offense and defense. Now, at this point last year on your show, the Swain event, you were hyping up a young man by the name of Eric Gray, and by the end of the season – I mean, he was looking mm-hmm. like maybe Tennessee's best player on offense at, at the skill mm-hmm. positions. So what can you share with us about the freshmen coming in this year? You know, there's so much buzz about Jalen Hyatt, Malachi Wideman. Uh, which one of these freshmen, specifically at the receiver, are you expecting to make the biggest impact for Tennessee this year? I mean, if I had to pick one, I would, I would pick Hyatt just because he's a guy that is a little bit more polished than Malachi Wideman. 
I mean, Malachi is going to make some plays. It's going to make your jaw drop. I, I understand that just because athletically he's he's gifted. Uh, and Jalen is gifted too, but Jalen is, is a guy that's been playing the position. Uh, he's been playing wide receiver. I think that makes a difference. You know, I came in, um, you know, playing high school receiver for four years. And the guys I came in with, although they were All-Americans as well, you know, they played quarterback and running back for their schools. And so it took them a little bit longer to to get used to running routes at the college level. Uh, and once they did, they were good to go. But I just had a little bit of advantage at the beginning. And I think Jalen Hyatt has a little bit of an advantage as well. Uh, he's speed. Um, he's certainly top-notch. and he, He's the fastest player probably on the team coming in. But uh, the biggest the biggest – I won't say surprise, but a pleasant, pleasant surprise has been um, just how complete he's been coming in. So I expect guys to make plays here and there. You know, we saw Romel Keaton make plays uh, in big time moments. Uh, so I expect guys to, to make plays um, here and there throughout the season. But I do think that Jalen Hyatt probably be the best freshman receiver if I had to pick one. Now, Tennessee, big rivals here. Well, I mean, it's not been too competitive here lately, but it, it seems like Pruitt's getting it back to that level. Alabama, Georgia, Florida. <laughs> Which opponent do you think Tennessee most likely to beat of those three this season? Uh, if I had to pick one of the three, I would probably say Georgia is probably the best, the best chance, even though you look at their defense, and their defense is really stout and probably the best out of the three. But um, you look at some of the shortcomings of Georgia, uh, the quarterback depth, new offensive coordinator, circumstances of COVID, uh, their new quarterback is, 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 you know, coming off a major injury. And so there's going to be some, some, some time of, of acclimation and Tennessee's playing them third game of the season. So, uh, you asked me the best chance, I would probably say Georgia. Uh, and then after that, I would probably say Florida because you, you got those guys, you know, late November is really, really cold. I don't know if the Gators are used to playing in cold weather. Uh, they have beaten Missouri and, 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 and uh, competed in cold weather, but um, you know we'll see how that goes here here late in the season. Um, and then Alabama, I will probably put those guys third uh, out of the three as far as the best chance to to beat one of those teams. Now, what's the biggest question you've got for Tennessee heading into this opener at South Carolina on Saturday? Uh, just the disruption and physicality at the defensive line position. Um, I think. Losing Daryl Taylor, a guy that you know uh, each and every down has a chance to disrupt the quarterback and affect the quarterback. I think uh, not having him and not really hearing about uh, a, a guy, a group of guys stepping forward and, and just causing disruption and being super physical, uh, I think that's the biggest question that I have right now uh, with this football team. All right, final thing for you, Jason. I'm, I'm not asking for a record prediction just because <laughs> – you know, it's a 10-game season, and it and it's just so weird, and, and we, it's just very difficult to do that. But by the end of the season, what's your prediction for where Tennessee ranks in that SEC East final standings? Oh, man. Whew. <laughs> I put you on the spot. Well, I mean, I think it depends on what happens with Kay Mays. I don't feel real uh, confident in – in that situation, uh, unless something changed in the last two hours, which I've I've been out, you know, uh, out, of, out of commission for the last two hours. So unless something changed in the last two hours, I, I don't feel good about the K Mays plan. Um, 
I think Jared has to have a strong, strong um, showing. And uh, you look at the depth at running back, even though the top two are really good, um, a normal year you worry about the health. And then you add the contact tracing element to it. Uh, even if you're not positive, you got to sit out. If you, you know, if you, if you, if you've been around someone who has tested positive, so will those guys be available? Uh, will everybody be available? I just think the margin is very, very slim for Tennessee, a, tennis, a team that's still building depth, uh, key positions in recruiting. And uh, you know, I look at Georgia and Alabama, they're a little they're ahead of Tennessee in that area. So you got to, you got to play dang good, man, dang good to be. Yeah, right there at the top of the East. So I I I think Tennessee will finish uh where they predicted. I think they'll finish around third. Uh and if if you get some good play from the quarterback, possibly you could push for that for that number two number two spot. But it's hard for me to believe right now that Tennessee's gonna be sitting ahead of Georgia and Florida. Um it wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, was in front of one, but not both of them. So I would say safe safe pick three, um some some Bounces your way, some great play for some key players in, in the key game, maybe two, but I'll, I'll say three just to be safe. All right, he's Jason Swain, host of the Swain Event, which airs weekdays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. You check that out at swainevent.com. Download the app, subscribe on the podcast. He's at Swain Event on Twitter, must follow for Tennessee fans. And, you know, I went to the, you know, they didn't have a spring game this year, but the, the one previous, I went to it and, when I showed up, you know, I was getting right there at the parking lot, Neyland Stadium, and there was a line, a couple hundred people. I thought it was the stadium to get in. It was the line to meet Jason Swain and the Swain event crew. I mean, my God, you are got to be the most popular radio host in Knoxville. So I really, really do appreciate you hopping on here. I'm a big, big fan, and uh, I, I, I can't thank you enough. Oh, man, anytime, man. You keep doing your thing, and uh... – uh, just give me a shout, man. I love to jump back on, man. Keep doing what you're doing, and I uh, appreciate the love.